accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of myself. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, thanks for tuning in. Share and like it. Father, we give you thanks and praise. 
This is a day that you have made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, you are the source of joy, and we give you thanks and praise that your joy is our strength, and we just acknowledge you in all of our ways that you may direct our paths. Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we welcome you here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together. Are you ready to worship? Come on, let's shake off whatever was going on. We're free in this house to worship God. We're here. Let's do the best that we can do. Amen. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who
the earth first. Every other freedom follows what Jesus did. Come on, let's give him some praise. We got to practice praising God. You don't need a song to praise. You need a praise to praise. Come on. What has God done for you? Lord, we thank you in this house.
thinking about something here. Keep playing. I think there's enough of us, and there are enough flags for something different to happen. What do you say? Who wants a flag? Come on. Let's distribute these flags. Let's shock the enemy. <laughs> if you're somebody that would ever hold a flag, come on. Time to do it. Let's do it. Come on. Come on. Let's get the young people to help. Come on. Come on out. Distribute the flags, everybody. Come on, girls. Get the flags and give it out. I told you worship's going to be different today. Jesus. 
thinking, I've never seen anything like this. Well, you just know what freedom looks like right here. Hallelujah. Uninhibited. Unlimited. Hallelujah. No restriction. No bondage. No chain. Hallelujah. You know, this is what it means to have childlike faith. You remember when you were a child? You just enjoyed the environment. If it was raining, you'd jump around in the puddles, right? If it was snowing, you'd lay in the snow and make snow angels, right? You had freedom. This is how we worship God, in freedom. Freedom of expression. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. God, you are good. And we enjoy your goodness. We enjoy your presence. And Lord, we thank you so much that you speak to us. I'm putting on you today a fresh anointing, a new anointing, an oil made by my spirit. As I smear it on you, you will experience my goodness in greater ways, says the Lord. You will experience my freedom in greater ways. So be blessed and be glad. And walk in your new anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are kings and priests and God has anointed you. Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Today is Communion Sunday. And Pastor Nelson's going to lead us in communion. Hallelujah. Just stay engaged in the spirit. Stay connected. Glory to God. Uh, let's get that microphone here. Thank you, Lord. I love that song. Glory to God. The songs that our team is coming up with. Amen. That we serve an awesome God. He is worthy to be, to be praised. He is holy. Yes. Yes, today is communion. And I'm just asking to go back and uh, get your elements it's in the back here. So with the Lord's Supper, it's much more than just a religious tradition. So it symbolizes everything Jesus did for us at Calvary. So when we partake on the cup representing the blood, we're remembering that Jesus delivered us from, from all sin. And we eat 
the bread representing his body, we are acknowledging the physical and spiritual torment Jesus endured for us. He took it for us to take care of the worry, the care, the fear. took all sickness and disease in every part of the curse, in every poverty or lack. Father, you are holy indeed. So Ephesians 5, 1 says there, it says, Therefore be imitators of God, copy him, follow his example, as well beloved children imitate their father. And as we go into John 6.35, it says, I am the bread of life. It says here, Jesus told them, No one comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will never be thirsty again. And we thank you, Father, for having such a wonderful plan for this. For you are glorious. So 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25, that the Lord Jesus, that same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. And after the same manner, as he took the cup, he stepped from it and saying, This is the cup, is the New Testament, and this is my, my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Take and drink. Yes. Father, we thank you so much for having such a wonderful son that you have. His name is Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, for being so obedient and so wonderful. We thank you, Father, if you had everything set up for us so we can live with you forever and ever. We praise you for eternity. Amen. Amen. We got to shake up the atmosphere. Do this in your house. The enemy comes up with strategies against our battle plans. So he already knows two fast songs, two slow songs. Yeah, and then you're waiting for the slow song so you can think about what he wants you to think about. It's a bunch of nonsense. So when you come to the living God's house, he decides how it flows. Amen? Yes. And we have to be ready and willing to hook up. So on your way to church, get yourself ready. You're a believer in Christ. You should come ready to add something to the atmosphere so that those who come in who don't know Christ or who've been away from church for years or or have backslidden or whatever, when we come in, they can pick up on what we bring from God. This is how we come to church, okay? So we just shook up the atmosphere today. You don't know what's going to happen next week. And Wednesday night, we just don't know what is going to happen. 
And the enemy needs to be on his toes if he wants to attack this church or the people in this church. He should be so exhausted that demons refuse the assignment. This is what needs to happen. Amen. And you have a big part to play in it. I don't want to be standing up there every Sunday and Wednesday night trying to wake everybody up and rouse them up because, oh, they had a terrible week. Get yourself together. You hear me? We have to fill this place with people who need God. We've been here eating for a while. We can offer something to the situation. Amen? All right, good. I'm good now. Thanks. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We have the privilege of speaking God's word. Amen. Amen. Let's speak God's word and make our confession of faith. We ask, we ask our, our God, God, the glorious Father of Jesus, for spiritual wisdom and insight that we may grow in our knowledge of God. We know the Father through Jesus, and we are deepening our intimacy with him. We believe God's light is opening our imagination and understanding so we can know what he has called us to do. We believe that we can benefit from his rich and glorious inheritance in us, and we are learning how to function in his immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing power that works in us because we believe. We believe that we can function in the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that makes us Jesus far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. We are his body. We are made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. We are victorious overcomers and reign as kings in this life through his grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. And another thing. You see, when we get kids all riled up, then like it's hard to calm them down. That's how we should be. Okay? When, when God fires up, us up spiritually, we don't need to calm ourselves down. Right. <laughs> the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is pumping us with sugar, spiritual sugar. We need to accept it and stop having to be all proper. Her Guyanese is coming out now. <laughs> we got to shake ourselves up. Yes. Okay? The Spirit of God is not a one-note Thing. I heard somebody talk about the Holy Spirit this week, and she said, the Holy Spirit is a drama king. Could you? He demonstrates in laughter, in dancing, and all. that's drama. But everybody tries to, well, the Holy Spirit is here. Let's just calm. Yeah, that might be too, but it ain't always that way. Amen? 
So we need to, we need to get into the frequency of heaven when we get in here as a group and stop pulling against it. Hook in with what God is doing here. We should not have to stir you up. You should stir yourself up coming in here. Amen? All right, I'm done. Thank you. Amen. I'm hitting it like my dad does. Oh. Hallelujah. Okay, while we're stirring things up, the Lord reminded me last week that he said for Air Force to paint a picture. And I'm like, well, what kind of picture do you want me to paint? And so he just showed me. So Air Force, come on up. You're going to be the living painting. Come on. And there's a reason he wants you to do. Yes, come on, you two. What are you asking for? You are part of Air Force. Yeah. Come on. Okay, some might be in sound. That's okay. You can just make your decision. So come. Let's squeeze up close. Okay, so God wants you to see their faces, to see that these are people representing books that he wrote about in heaven. And what the Lord said yesterday at our breakfast, over one of them, I forget which one, but he said that he reads their book over and over again because it's so good. (laughs) So if he's doing it for one, he's doing it for all. He's like, man, this book is so good. I'm going to read this again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We have... I mean, it's breakfast like none other. So if you know an air, a youth-aged person, see, in case you wondered what they look like, they come out for Saturday breakfast at 9 o'clock, and we have breakfast. We do. And then we have a feast at the Lord's table. We have a feast at the Lord's table. And I want to point out that Emily was dancing on the stage. Now, why am I pointing that out? Okay, this is so exciting. So March 1st, 2019, I was in a really bad car accident with a semi-truck, and my knees were pinched in the dash along with other things. And that is the only thing that hasn't ever really healed. And, like, I could never kneel even on my bed or anything. And it still would hurt to even touch them three years later. But then three Wednesdays ago, I was like, I'm soaking in the Holy Spirit tonight. There's a whole bunch of things that I want. I have things to accomplish, and I'm, like, I'm making the decision. So I did, and I was up with Aunt Nadine and Melissa just enjoying, and they're like, what do you want? And I'm like, I want these things healed. So the youth all laid hands on me, and she saw the angels give me new knees, and I've had no problems. Like, absolutely none. (laughs) So, praise the Lord. That's just one testimony. We have established a new YouTube channel. I'm still learning the vocab here for this. And so they have put testimonies on there. It's called. (laughs) So we have Instagram and YouTube, and it's New Generation Air Force. So you can find us on social media. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes I think we shortened it to New Gen Air Force. On Instagram is New Gen Air Force, the first three letters. But um, the YouTube is New Generation Air Force, and they have a lot to share. There's some teachings on there. I learned so much from Alyssa. She did a 15-minute teaching on the armor of God. And so there's all sorts of things on there, and we're just adding new, new things. The Lord gives us new songs through um, Abby and Devon on our Tuesday evenings where he just ministers his heart to us. And so I know we're all excited about that. 
And many of these youth here are planning to go to Oklahoma for the camp meeting. So we all as a group here want to thank you for supporting us with your prayers. And by purchasing our fundraiser items, we are pleased to serve you with them. And we're grateful that you're enjoying them. So God bless you. Thank you. (laughs) Now that was a pretty picture. Yes. Okay, so on that note, the one time we were together, um, well, every time we're together, we have tongues and interpretation. And the Lord uh, spoke through uh, tongue and interpretation to celebrate Jesus' party. He said, I want you to have a party to celebrate me. So we asked the Lord, well, when do you want your party? And he gave us three dates. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) So Jesus likes to party. Woo! So the first, what's that? Yes, more than once. The first party for Celebrate Jesus is on Valentine's Day. Makes sense. So we're meeting Air Force to celebrate Jesus at 6.30 here tomorrow. And we don't know what it's going to look like because we haven't done one of these yet, but we're excited to celebrate Jesus. And then we have our regular Air Force meeting on Tuesday at 6. And then we have Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. And then we have Woven on Friday, which I'm just going to go back a day because Thursday we have Bible Adventure with the kids from Northside and Forge. And that's an exciting time. They are so excited when they come in here. Woo, they are excited to be here, and they receive the good news of Jesus. They feel the love of God. They know that God has written a plan for them and loves and cares for them. So we have the kids coming on Thursday. Friday woven for women is at 6 p.m. And then double-double. I love God's double-double. This Saturday is Barnabas. So there's a change. Mental note, this Saturday, the third Saturday of February, is Barnabas Men's Breakfast, and that starts at 8.30. So if you're part of all those things, you'll be here every day of the week, and that makes my heart glad. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'm done with my announcements. There's a lot going on. I've never heard our young people complain about how many times they're at church during the week. That's right. You know, when the church first started, they were at church every day. Amen? And uh, glory to God. All right. Get all my stuff together here. (laughs) Well, God is already demonstrating some things, but it's okay to have a little bit of fun, all right? All right. You know, if you wanted to uh, send a Valentine's to a special someone, these might be some phrases that you could use. Um, 
If you're looking for a knight in shining armor, I just so happen to be wearing the armor of God. <laughs> I didn't believe in predestination till I met you. <laughs> You and me are like loaves and fishes. We just might be a miracle. (laughs) You want someone with great credit? Jesus paid my debt. (laughs) So if you want to send a Valentine's, you can include those. This is called uh, Adam Strays. When Adam stayed out late uh, for a few nights, Eve became upset. You're running around with other women, she told him. Uh, Eve, honey, you're being unreasonable, Adam responded. You know that you're the only woman on earth. (laughs) The quarrel continued until Adam fell asleep, only to be awakened by a strange pain in the chest. It was his darling Eve poking him rather vigorously about the torso. What do you think you're doing, Adam uh, demanded. I'm counting your ribs. (laughs) It's okay to have a little fun, amen? All right, this is uh, it's called Switching Grooms. Little Amelia, was it was her first wedding, and gaped at the entire ceremony. When it was over, she asked her mother, why did the lady change her mind? Her mother asked, what do you mean? Well, she went down the aisle with one man and came back with another one. (laughs) And just one more. A college senior took his new girlfriend to a football game. The young man found seats in the crowded stadium and they were watching the action. A substitute was put in the game. And as he was running onto the field to take his position, the boy said to his girlfriend, Take a good look at that fellow. I expect him to be our best man next year. His girlfriend snuggled closer to him and said, That's the strangest way I've ever heard a fellow to propose to a girl. Regardless of how you said it, I accept. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, before I dismiss the kids, I want to just share something from you, uh, with you from, uh, Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, starting with verse 1, it says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, I want you to notice the descriptions of Melchizedek. The king of Salem, the priest of the Most High God, I'm reading it from the Amplified, met Abraham as he returned from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of all the spoil. He is, first of all, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, which means king of peace. Without any record of father or mother, nor ancestral line, without any record of beginning of days or end of life. Does it sound familiar of who this Uh, is a description of. But having been made like the Son of God, 
He remains a priest without interruption and without successor. He is the eternal, ever-living, everlasting priest. Now pause and consider how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. Abraham had won a battle. He had gotten the spoils. And out of the spoils that he won, he gave a tenth or a tithe to Melchizedek, the high priest. It is uh, true that those descendants of Levi who are charged with the priestly office are commanded in the law to collect tithes from the people, which means from their kinsmen, though these have descended from Abraham. But this person, Melchizedek, who is not from their Levitical ancestry, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who possessed the promises of God. Yet it is beyond all dispute that the lesser person is always blessed by the greater. Furthermore, here uh, the Levitical priests' tithes are received by men who are subject to death, but in that case, concerning Melchizedek, they are received by the one of whom it is testified that he lives forever. Amen? So, yes, tithes are received here, but God receives them in heaven. Jesus, the high priest, he is the priest over the house of God. He receives our tithes, right? And our offerings and our gifts, amen? And he promises with his own personal guarantee to give you a return that you can't get anywhere else. So I just encourage you, as you are always faithful to do, you are awesome givers. And Father, we just give you thanks and praise for the givers that you have brought to VCF, Lord, these wonderful people, Lord, who give of, of their time, talent, and treasure. And we just thank you, Lord. We call them blessed, blessed, blessed with the blessing of the Lord that makes them rich. And you add no sorrow with it in Jesus' name. Of course, you can, you can give any time here. If you're online you, or if you're watching, you can give online in that way. Amen? All right. Well, kids... We have the opportunity to live in faith every day. We want to dismiss you now and our teachers. Have a great class, kids. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, the Holy Spirit is the greatest orchestrator that there ever was. Right? If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to talk about an atmosphere, creating an atmosphere that God can move in. You know, atmospheres are important to God. He, he operates in atmospheres. Right? And uh, in the natural, we have a... a a thing called a barometer. It can test the pressure of an atmosphere, right? And how do you test the pressure of a spirit-filled atmosphere? That's the change that takes place. The change that takes place is the spiritual barometer to see what kind of atmosphere you've been in or what kind of atmosphere is happening. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there. Everybody say there. There. 
Notice where he is, there something happens. There is liberty. Okay? But we all, with open face, beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord. You know, we see parts of the glory of God. I mean, we see parts of his manifestation. And we are changed. As we look into the glory, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, atmospheres are changed depending on who enters and who exits, or what enters and what exits, right? You know, someone who is full of pride can walk into an atmosphere and they, they can change the atmosphere into a negative way. Right? Someone can walk in with the love of God and they can change the atmosphere in a positive way. Amen? So atmospheres are important. And God, his glory wants to permeate atmospheres. He wants to come into a place and he wants to bring men and women to him. He wants to bring them out of darkness, bring them out of sickness, bring them out of poverty, bring them out of spiritual death, and bring them to life and to something better. And God can change atmospheres. He, he, because he's not limited to any atmosphere. He he can be in the worst atmosphere and it'll become better. Amen? So God's glory wants to permeate the atmosphere. You want him to permeate the atmosphere? Amen? Well, guess what? You brought him with you. And he promised to be in a place where there's two or three are gathered in my name. He said, there I will be in the midst. God is in the midst today. He is here with us. Amen? And... You know, he established the church, but he's the most consistent church goer there ever was. Right? He shows up. And and when the Spirit of the Lord comes, he is a spirit of unity and joy and peace. You can have unity, joy, and peace all together at the same time with God. And uh, I want you to think about places where God manifested his glory. You know, imagine being in those places. Um, for example, what would it have been like to be in the upper room on the day of Pentecost? Right? When you're, you're 120 people are there, they're praying, they're seeking God, they didn't know what was going to happen, but then all of a sudden. There were sounds, there was actions, there was demonstrations. It changed the atmosphere. Amen? God flooded that atmosphere. And people got filled and they spoke in languages that they didn't never learned or studied. And it brought people of the city to God. What would it have been like to be in Cornelius' house? When the Gentiles first received the same baptism that they received on the day of Pentecost. 
And Cornelius was a soldier and he gathered his friends and family and Peter walked into this place to a house full of people. Peter didn't even know what he was. God said, go with them, ask no questions. Okay. Because God was about to change the atmosphere. Because God works in atmospheres. All right. Imagine being at the well when Jesus was ministering to the woman who came there and he just sat down and started a conversation. And her entire life was changed, and he had the key to Samaria. Because she knew most of the people in that town. And she opened the door for him to be there for two more days. Amen? But there was an atmosphere at that well, wasn't there? How about the atmosphere of when Paul and Silas began to pray at midnight? Woo! And God shook the jail. There was a jailhouse rock. And chains fell off and prisons opened. There was an atmosphere in that prison, wasn't there? What about when Mary, Lazarus' sister, walked into the Pharisee's house and anointed Jesus? And John 12 says that when she anointed his feet, the whole room was filled with an aroma, a fragrance. My goodness, you ever been to a place where there's a, where the fragrance fills the room? Oh, hallelujah. There was an atmosphere of love and forgiveness in that place. And the Pharisee, he was in that atmosphere, yet he didn't benefit from the atmosphere. Because he didn't allow himself to, to yield to what God was doing. He could have gotten forgiven and got set free from religion right there. But he was in the atmosphere. See, just because you're in an atmosphere doesn't mean that atmosphere is in you. Right. Amen? Amen? You know, your heart is the gate to your life. And you've got to open the door to let the atmosphere in. To let God in. Amen? Amen. How do you let God in? You'd you be like Isaiah. Here am I. You send me. Yes. He opened the door with his willingness and his openness. Amen? What would it have been like to be in Jairus' daughter's room when she was raised from the dead? Hallelujah. And Jesus had to get the, the, the mourners out, the doubters out, right? He walked in and said, she's alive, and they thought he was crazy. They were, they were paid weepers. They were paid to mourn. Yeah. And they were putting on a show. I mean, the girl actually died, right? But when Jesus walked into the room, he changed the atmosphere from death to life. He said, she's not dead. She's alive. And they laughed. He, he put everyone that laughed out of him out. Sometimes you've got to clear the atmosphere of some things in order for the atmosphere to function and do what it was meant to do. Hallelujah. What would it have been like if you could have been a, had a front row seat at Lazarus' tomb when Jesus walked up and called a dead man who had been dead for four days and he hopped out of that tomb and he told the people to loose him and let him go. I mean, there was a free, there was a freedom and a releasing atmosphere there where death was overturned. It was changed. Amen? 
I'm, what am I doing? I'm building your faith for some atmospheres. These are the kind of atmospheres we want here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We want you to be so permeated with God that you walk out of here glowing. We want the fire on the inside to show up on the outside. Why? We want you to affect change beyond these four walls. Amen? Because whether you realize it or not, you are, God designed you as a vessel, a carrier. You can carry his glory. You can carry his power. You can carry his goodness. You can carry his faith. Right? You can carry his works. Right? Because they're done by the Holy Spirit. Amen? What would it have been like if you were able to be with Moses and go up to Mount Sinai as the Lord descended on the mountain and the mountain shook and there was fire and smoke and lightning and thunder? I mean, the mountain quaked. When God moves into a place, things shift. Amen? These are just some examples I could give you. I could go on more and more, but, um, you know, God's house was filled with a cloud and smoke so much that the priest couldn't even stand to minister. It, his presence had invaded a place. It created an atmosphere. There was worship. There was praise. Amen? How many would like to have heaven on earth? Well, we can. Where does God want his will done? As where? Do you mean that God's will that's being done in heaven can be done on earth? Yes, Jesus said so. If his will can be done, then his presence can be had. Right? Then, then we can change atmospheres here with his word and with his power. Amen? You can change the atmosphere in your home. Right? If, if you're living in a negative environment, change it. Invite someone else in. Put praise on. Amen? There are things that we can do to change or enhance an atmosphere. Deuteronomy 11.11 says, The land that Israel was to possess was a land of mountains and valleys that drinks in the rain of heaven. Deuteronomy 11 talks about where we can have heaven on earth. All right? Every home, business, church has its own culture, feel, and atmosphere. Some churches have a dead atmosphere. I've been in churches that have beautiful buildings, but they wouldn't even recognize the Holy Spirit if you wore a big red hat walking down the aisle. Beautiful structures, beautiful design, but no life. Why? Because the atmosphere. Hallelujah. You know, if you, if you have a, an atmosphere of the traditions of men, you realize you make the word of God ineffective. So if you are a traditionalist where you promote and honor the traditions of men, you void the word of God. And if you void the word of God, his presence won't be in that place. God works by two ways, his word and his spirit. They work together. They, they never disagree. They're in perfect harmony, perfect agreement, and perfect unity. So there's an atmosphere, right? Atmospheres can be experienced but not always explained. You go to a wedding, there's a certain atmosphere. 
You go to a funeral, there's an atmosphere, right? There's an atmosphere at a birthday party. There's an atmosphere at a baptism, right? There's an atmosphere when there's a bunch of worldly partying. Everything has its atmosphere. An atmosphere is the pervading or surrounding influence or spirit. It's a general mood or environment. Spiritual atmospheres have a manifold effect on the mind. Hallelujah. And your will and your emotions and your spirit. You ever been to a place that you brought that you were brought down? Or have you ever been to a place where you were brought up? Right? There's an atmosphere of control. My goodness, that's bondage. Oppression. That's not a good environment. That's not an environment that God promotes. So there must be another spirit promoting it. The atmosphere one submits to has the power to change or shape one's life. Whatever atmosphere you submit to will be the change that occurs. Amen? An atmosphere can bind, it can loose, it can confuse, it can inspire, it can sadden or cheer or change opinions. You know, uh, I've never been part of it, but I know some schools have debate teams, right? And they debate their points. And sometimes opinions can change when you're presented with the right atmosphere or the right information. A negative atmosphere is influenced by evil. Right? Ephesians 6 tells us that we, there are principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. What do they do? They infect atmospheres. Do you remember the story of Daniel? When Daniel spent 21 days and he was praying to the Lord and the angel appeared to him and said, I heard your prayer the first day, but the prince of Tyre uh, uh, detained me or... Uh, um, not detained, but he, he uh, hindered me. Why? He had to fight the prince of Tyre to get the message to Daniel. The prince of Tyre was a spiritual principality that was affecting an area. And he called Michael, and Michael took care of him. Amen? But it delayed the receiving of the message. A positively charged atmosphere is influenced by light. The entrance of his word is light. The Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of light. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. How do you think his light was lit? It was the Holy Spirit who lit his light. And the Holy Spirit, lit, he lights your light too. You've been lit. I've been lit up by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? I got a pilot light on the inside of me that hasn't went out and never will. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. A believer should be able to discern different atmospheres. We ought to be able to discern. Okay, so let me give you some examples of some negative atmospheres. All right? How about an atmosphere of chaos Emptiness and darkness. In the beginning, the earth was form 
without void, it was void without form, and darkness was on the face of the deep. That's an atmosphere. But what happened? God changed the atmosphere by bringing his word. He said, let there be light, and it changed the entire atmosphere of it. The, the atmosphere went from chaos to order. God brought um, cosmos out of chaos. So darkness is on the su- surface of the deep. And do you remember one of the plagues that Moses, God told him to do in Exodus chapter 10? He said, stretch forth your rod that there'll be darkness in the land of Egypt. Yeah, Egypt was dark, but where was their light? Goshen, where God was. See, God can, he can have his atmosphere over here while the enemy has his atmosphere over here. And the enemy's atmosphere cannot infiltrate God's atmosphere when God sets up the atmosphere. Amen? You know, I mean, the Egyptian army was right there with Israel at the Red Sea, weren't they? But what separated them? The Holy Spirit, the pillar of fire, right? It made a distinction. The Egyptians couldn't cross the fire. God called a storm. He even looked through the clouds to to see what the Egyptians were doing. I mean, that's that's how powerful the atmosphere of God can be. Maybe maybe you're in a place where all hell's breaking loose, where you can bring some heaven. And hell can be breaking loose all around. Psalm 91, 10,000 at my right hand, 1,000, but it shall not come near me. Why? I got an atmosphere. I'm telling you. Job had an atmosphere around him. The enemy said, look, you got a hedge around him. Yeah, and God said, well, yeah, he's in your hands because Job gave in to fear, which opened up a gate in the hedge. See, it was Job who gave an opening to the enemy to the hedge. Not God. Because Job, the thing that I greatly feared... He would do things out of fear. We don't do things out of fear. We do things out of faith. Fear's not in our DNA. So if it's not in our DNA, why are you participating with it? Say fear is not in my DNA. It is not in my makeup. I will not participate with it. I will resist it always. Amen. Hallelujah. How about the atmosphere of the last days? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, terrible times, troubling times. What's going to happen? People are going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. That's an atmosphere. Right? How about... A corrupt earth, Genesis 6, verses 5 to 8. The wickedness was so great that every thought of man was evil all the time. Whoa, think about that. We can't even imagine that. Every thought of every individual except for eight people were wicked all the time. And you think you're stressed out. (laughs) 
You know, there was no one around Noah besides his family that was righteous. There was an evil, wicked atmosphere, but yet God saw a light. It was Noah. He found grace and favor with God in God's sight. Amen. And Noah changed the atmosphere. He saved humanity. Glory to God. He saved his family. In essence, then he saved, you know, by saving his family, he saved humanity. Right. Do you realize that Noah and his family repopulated the earth? Think about that. It's like, whoa. You know, we live in a culture that is devoid of embarrassment regarding immorality. You know, there's a promotion of evil in our culture. They promote where men can be women or women can be men just by because they have the desire to be. Not because, the, the, you know, their makeup is different. But anyway, how about a corrupt city? Second Peter chapter 2, verses 6 through 19. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah were turned to ashes. They were condemned to destruction. Because Lot was delivered, he was oppressed by their filthy conduct. Think about that. He was living in a city. Well, he chose that city. See, when you, you gotta be careful what you choose. Things may look good from a distance, but when you get up close and personal, it's not what you thought. Lot looked at the land. He thought it was good until he got there. And the Bible says that uh, he was oppressed by the filthy conduct and his soul was tormented by lawless deeds. But God knows how to deliver the godly from temptation. Aren't you glad that God knows how to deliver you? Yes. If you're in the midst of oppression, God will leave, either deliver you out of it or he'll change the atmosphere. Yes. Amen? Yes. And he'll know what, he knows exactly what to do. Right? So Lot lived in a corrupt city. How about a disorderly, ungodly house? Look at Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17, verses 4 and 5. What are we talking about? We're talking about atmospheres. And the, the right atmosphere can make the difference. It can make you or break you, right? An atmosphere. Yeah. Amen? Aren't you glad for the atmosphere that we have here at VCF? Yeah. Glory to God. Proverbs chapter 17 and uh, verses 4 and 5. A wicked doer gives heed to false lips. And a liar gives ear to a naughty tongue. (laughs) I love that. Whoso mocks the poor reproaches his maker. And he that is glad uh, at calamities shall be unpunished. That doesn't sound like that person is going to promote a good atmosphere. If you're around someone that does that, they're not promoting a good atmosphere, and they either need to exit or change. Amen? You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks a lot about a foolish son can ruin uh, his father. And... uh, Contentions are not good. They're, you know, those are atmospheres that, a negative atmosphere, uh, a gossiping atmosphere, uh, those, you, you can't allow yourself to, um, be influenced in those atmospheres. You gotta guard your heart. Right? If you're, if you're in a place that someone gossips, you say, look, I gotta go, I'm not going to participate. 
and, and, and the, the temptation will be to participate. Okay? The home is the school ground where young people are being trained in the values and virtues of living. That's, where the, that's what happens in the home. Right? And Satan has been t- attacking the home for many years. Why? He wants to destroy that. You destroy the home, you destroy a nation. How many crimes are committed because there's no uh, good representative of authority figure in the home? Right? But we can change our homes. Amen? We can, we can invite God's presence into our homes. We can release his word in our homes. We can praise and worship in our homes. Amen? We can change the atmosphere of our homes. We need to change the atmosphere of our homes through prayer, through reading the Bible, through praise and worship. Amen? We can't just let anything occur in our atmosphere. We are the guardians of the gates. You don't want the home to become divisive or unstructured in its disciplines or values. Because that will breed confusion, insecurity, sorrow, and rebellion. The seeds of a disorderly atmosphere reap a harvest of destruction. You know, there were times when God told his people, get your house in order. Amen? We need to get our houses in order. Why? Because we got to kick the devil out. Amen? You have the greater one on the inside of you. doesn't matter what devil is there. You can kick him out. You have authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen? And how about an atmosphere of accepted demonic activity? Go to the book of Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18, verses 2 to 4. It talks about the fall of Babylon. Listen to what happens with Babylon. Dwelling, in this passage, he calls a dwelling place for demons. A haunt for every unclean spirit. And every unclean bird and every unclean despicable beast. Nations have drunk the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. Kings committed sexual immorality with her, and merchants have grown wealthy from excessive luxury. You know, some places the enemy thinks he can buy people off. Why do you think the Bible talks about judges they shouldn't receive a bribe? Because the receiving of a bribe uh, misconstrues justice. All right. Um, the Bible says, don't share in her sins or receive any of her plagues. Her sins are piled up to heaven and God remembers. This is Babylon. Guess what? Babylon is a representative of the world or the world system. Right? It is our responsibility of believers who love the Lord and love his word and love his spirit to trust and discern the atmospheres of our nations uh, uh, and confront and deal with demonic activity with the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we have the power to confront the demons and the demonic activity. Imagine the atmosphere in Gadara, where selling pigs was a big business. And there was a man who lived there who was possessed by a legion of demons. He would constantly scream. 
He would constantly break chains and cut himself, and he lived in the tombs. Right? When you've got someone living in the tombs, that's a negative atmosphere. Right? But Jesus came on a boat to where he was. And he came a-running when he saw Jesus. That possessed man came a-running and bowed at Jesus' feet and began to worship him. Why? Jesus is greater. Amen? Jesus is more powerful. Hallelujah. And there was Jesus, and there was this man who was possessed. And Jesus cast the devils out of him. Right? And he was in his right mind and clothed. Right? He was running around naked previously. But see, when Jesus entered the atmosphere, that's when the change occurred. When the anointing entered the atmosphere, that's when the change occurred. Amen? Righteous darkness was changed to light. And we know the story. All the demons went into the pigs. Right? There was about 2,000 pigs. That's a lot, that's a lot of bacon. And, and, and the, the pigs ran off the cliff. They didn't even like the demons in them. <laughs> you know? But, and then the people who were selling the pigs, they, they got mad. They told Jesus to leave. Right? Because they didn't want him to affect any more of the atmosphere. Right? He got one man set free, but that was enough. You know why? Because then that man who was set free went back and told everybody how he got set free. And do you realize when Jesus went back to that place, that's when Jairus came to the shore saying, come to my house because my daughter's sick. That's when the woman with the issue of blood came and touched the hem of his garment because they heard the testimony of that demoniac. You read it because the Bible says in Luke 5 that Jesus went back across. Read it. It's there. It was the testimony of this man. So when you change one person in an atmosphere, then they can go and change other atmospheres. You have been changed by God, so you can go and change other atmospheres. You have been authorized and deputized by the power of God and the name of Jesus to bring change wherever you go and wherever you are. How about an attitude, a negative attitude creates atmospheres? Proverbs twenty one twenty four says, The proud and arrogant person named Mocker acts with excessive pride. I'll tell you what, they go in and create an atmosphere. It's all about me, I did it my way. Right? The Bible says good company corrupts good character. I mean, bad company corrupts good character. I'm sorry. <laughs> I read that wrong. I apologize. <laughs> but he said, sober up. Stop sinning. Some, some are arrogant of God. I say this to your shame. Listen, if you have been confronted with a sin, stop. And repent and come back to the Lord. It is that simple. When you find yourself doing something wrong, stop, drop, and pray. Amen? Or stop, drop, and confess. Amen? God put that in there. Why? Because he walked on this earth. He knows how humans think. He knows what they believe, and he knows how they operate. He, was, he, he is one of them. Amen? Glory to God. So, uh, 
A positive atmosphere is biblically based. We're based in the word of God. Amen. It's, it's Holy Spirit empowered. Hallelujah. We have the word and the spirit working together. That's what's going to bring a positive atmosphere. Amen. Our atmosphere should be exciting. It should be joyful. It should be victorious. It should be loving. Not only in the church, but in the home, on the job, in the car, wherever you at. Right? Who's responsible for the atmosphere? Whoever is there. And if you happen to, if, a, if you're a Holy Ghost filled believer and you're there, you're an atmosphere changer. You're a thermostat, not just a thermometer. You know the difference between the two? A thermometer just goes up and down based on the atmosphere, but a thermostat changes the atmosphere. Are you an atmosphere changer? Yes. Hallelujah. You know, every, it only takes a spark to start a fire. Be the spark. Right? Our atmosphere here should be encouraging, powerful. Expectations should be high. Faith flows freely. Ooh, we got a pipeline of faith. I'm telling you, no matter what any world leader can do, they can't cut the pipeline of faith off. Glory to God. We got a pipeline of faith coming from heaven. Hallelujah. God is pumping faith into us. Why? Faith comes by here. Wherever the word is taught and preached and expounded on and prophesied, power's there. Amen. There is a there's a spiritual river that flows through this place. It ought to be flowing through your home, too. And we need to establish a positive, godly, transforming atmosphere. The Holy Spirit, he promotes liberty. We read it in the text. Where, where the Spirit of the Lord is. Everybody say, where? where? Yeah, I, he's everywhere. Yeah, but he's not manifested everywhere. He manifests where there's faith. He manifests where there's praise. He manifests where there's worship. Amen? Amen. He manifests where there's the word. Right? These are, these are things that cause the God to manifest. Do you remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood, right? Jesus was going to Jairus' house. He didn't come there to do a healing meeting, but a healing meeting happened. Why? Because faith was there. Faith met him at the shore, the faith of Jairus. Right? And they're going to Jairus' house, right? But then again, there's someone else with faith. Does Jesus have enough for faith to go around? Absolutely. He can minister to everyone who has faith without missing a beat. Right? Because the the woman with the issue of blood came. She interrupted the the proceeding to Jairus' house. Right? And she she gets her miracle taken care of. She gets her healing. Right? But then they go to Jairus' house. But now the atmosphere changed. Jairus' daughter died. The servant came out and said, don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. Was Jesus troubled? No. Because Jairus had already exercised his faith. Come and lay your hands on her and she will live and she will be healed and, and she will live. He d- that was a faith statement that he made. Right? So Jesus had enough to deal with the woman with the issue of blood and he had enough to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. He has more than enough. Wherever there's faith, Jesus will go. All right? So here are some atmospheres that we want to cultivate here. Right? 
We want a place that there's a continual open heaven. No spiritual hindrances allowed. Breakthrough occurs. Overthrow occurs. Right? If you're with me, say amen. How do we maintain the open heaven? Well, come in here with the right attitude. Come in here ready to praise. Ready to offer the sacrifice of praise. What is that? The thanksgiving. The fruit of your lips giving thanks. Amen? And come in here with an attitude of humility. Trusting God. Magnifying him. He must increase, I must decrease. Amen? When you come in, prepare to make God big. He's already big, but he smiles when we make him big. All right? Another one, we want to have unified expectancy. No business as usual here. You n- I'm telling you, yeah, we, we plan and we prepare, but the Holy Spirit orchestrates. And Pastor Fiona will tell you that when we were in college, one of the things that really kind of made her mad at me is we would go do these invasions, right? And these churches would call us. They would call PFC. I happened to be the president of PFC at the time. And, and, and we would plan to go to these churches. Uh, if they were close, we'd go for a weekend. And if they were further away, we would go on extended breaks, like fall break, you know, uh, spring break, all that stuff. And we had our own van, okay? So we could travel. And these churches would want us to do evangelism seminars. We, and then we would do the services on Sunday. And uh, we would plan out the services, right? If we wanted to do a skit, we'd plan out the skit, right? But there were times when I would disrupt the plan. Not me, but the Holy Spirit said, okay, we got to shift. we got to leave this behind and do this now. Right? And I would say, okay, God wants us to do this now. We're going to leave that behind. And, you know, of course, at that time, that would kind of uh, get Pastor Fiona a little mad because she was strategic. She was prim and proper. She was a planner. I mean, she got to follow the plan. Yes. Yes. But you got to be able to flow with the Holy Spirit. Water is not stiff. It's flexible. In other words, water can move. It can move between short openings or big openings. Right? And water for a long time can make its own opening. The Grand Canyon. How did that get that way? Water. Carved through the rock. So we got to be like water. We got to be flexible. We got to be open to New cracks, new crevices where the God may want us to go into. Right? You can't, water can't go like this and flow. That's called frozen. God didn't make us frozen. We're not the frozen chosen. <laughs> Amen? We're fluid. We're flexible. We can move. Say, I can move. Are you able to move when the Holy Ghost says move? To do something that you've never done before, but because the Holy Spirit is telling you, that means you're able to do it. He's not going to tell you anything that you can't do. Right? 
But if we want to increase our ability to flow with the Holy Spirit, we're going to have to obey in those little things. You're, sometimes, see, the Holy Spirit is not so much concerned about the comfort of your flesh. He will actually cause you to come out of your comfort zone. Right? Okay? We want an atmosphere of supernatural surprises. No common, God is no common, ordinary God. Amen? Do you think the apostles traveling with Jesus knew what to expect? Hey, hey John, how do you think he's going to heal them this time? I don't know. Let's wait and see. Right? Jesus healed people different every time. The, the, the disciples didn't know what to expect. They said, I'm just along for the ride. You know, they would watch Jesus speak to people. They would watch Jesus touch people. They would watch Jesus spit in mud. They would watch Jesus command. They would watch supernatural things. Right? They never knew how Jesus was going to operate. We ought to expect some supernatural surprises. Not only here, but in your home. Can God do a suddenly in your home? Where you wake up and you're just lying on the floor because the Holy Spirit is doing some uh, spiritual anesthesiology on you. Do you realize when Moses went to work one day, he couldn't enter the office? God was in the office. The tabernacle. The Bible said the glory was in the tabernacle. He couldn't enter in. Why? God's in the office. I can't go in. Why? God's in the office. Sometimes God might be in your bedroom. Amen? Not might be. If you want him to be, you invite him in. This is an atmosphere here where all can receive. No limitations are allowed or placed on anyone. Everybody can receive. Amen? Say, I'm a receiver. As long as you're tuned on the same frequency, you can receive. Right? If you're not tuned on the same frequency, you get static. You know, that it's like someone crumbling paper. No, God wants the clarity. And when you're tuned on to his frequency, you'll hear the clarity of his voice, the clarity of his instruction, the clarity of his guidance. Amen? This is an atmosphere here where people are important. No person is undervaluated. You are important to God and you are important to us. We're in the people business. Amen? And because you're part of this church, you're in the people business too. So people are important. This is a place where victorious living is possible. No defeatist spirit. God can deliver anyone at any time. And here's the thing. If you're struggling in an area of life, don't let the devil use fear to stop you from reaching out. The devil will try to isolate you, but you're not an island to yourself. You've got to, listen, (laughs) it's your job to reach out. If you're drowning, you have to reach up, right? Otherwise, we don't know you're drowning. You got to show some sign, right? Reach out for help. 
Don't be afraid to call someone and say, can you pray for me? I'm struggling. I'm dealing with this. This is a challenge. Call. This is what God has designed the body for. And if you're not part of a body, well, then that's going to be a problem. Because who are you going to call? (laughs) All right. This is going to be an atmosphere where we're going to reach our city. We need to reach our city. We got to go on the attack and take no prisoners. Amen? How are we going to do that? You're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit because we're limited as to where we can go, but you can go to places that we can't go. Right? You can be the light. You can be the voice. You can be the hand. You can be the blesser. Amen? You can be the atmosphere changer wherever you are. People are going to be attracted to you. Glory to God. Father, I, I, I just stand in the gap right now for everyone who is lost. Family members, friends, business associates, partners, Lord, uh, acquaintances in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I stand in the gap and I intercede for them. I pray that their eyes be opened. Lord, I pray that their hearts be touched. I pray that they be drawn here by the Holy Spirit to come and surrender to Jesus, Lord. I call them into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. You've got to be like an attack lion when it comes to praying for the lost. Consider the lost your prey. And you're hungry. You go after them with the spiritual instruments and the spiritual tools that we have available to us. Maybe you need to hold a Bible study in your home. Hold it. What's holding you back? Do it. Amen. That's how we're going to reach people. Everybody doing their part. Whatever that part is. God will tell you what your part is. This is going to be an atmosphere of financial blessing. No excuses or apologies. God is good and he blesses his work and his workers. Say, I'm blessed. You're too blessed to be stressed. Amen. He'll bless you. He'll bless your home. He'll bless your business. He'll bless you in the city. He'll bless you in the country. He'll bless you in. He'll bless you out. He'll bless your kneading trough. That's where you you need the dough. Amen. He'll bless your kitchen. Hallelujah. God wants to financially bless his people. Every one of our fathers and mothers in the faith in the Bible, we're rich. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I could go on and on and on, but I'm not going to go down the list. Guess what? God wants us to be rich too. He wants you to be taken care of, and he wants you to take care of others. Amen? We're not going to apologize for financial blessing. That's in God's word. Brother Copeland said, I could write a... He said, I could tell you... How to uh, have books written about you. Uh, get a plane and prosper financially. He said, they'll come out of the woodwork. He said, when you get a fleet of planes, he said, they'll really come out of the woodwork. You know, one time a lady was talking about Jesse Duplantis's plane. And Jesse looked at her and said, well, you're Catholic, right? She said, yep. He said, well, the Pope has a bigger plane than I do. Amen? Yeah, he's got a 747. So what's the big deal? They're just a tool. Amen? 
You can have more than one house. You can have a fleet of cars. Amen. You can have five closets. One for just shoes. Glory to God. Ladies say amen. Amen. Come on. You can have butlers and servants taking care of some stuff for you. Come on. This is what God wants. This is going to be an atmosphere of communion. Of course, we celebrated communion today, right? The voice where the voice of God is heard daily. Listen, God put you in this place. He connected you with this anointing and this mantle that's in this place. Amen. This is going to be an atmosphere of faith. No pessimism or plans to fail. God leads, guides, and directs. This is going to be an atmosphere of vision. Do you realize that we speak our vision every week? We want to build a strong body of believers. We don't want no weaklings. This is a, this is a power gym. You come in here, you become a powerhouse. Right? You get the power that's in the house. Glory to God. And this is an atmosphere of worship. We want to promote an atmosphere of worship where the river of God is released in its fullness. Flowing, moving, saturating, filling, covering, waterfall, deep water. Oh, I'm telling you, there's all kinds of aspects of a river, glory to God. And each one of us that have the Holy Spirit have a river on the inside of us. And when we get together, we become an ocean. We gotta let the river flow. Amen? Hallelujah. God wants to fill his earth with the glory. How's he gonna do that? He's gonna get people in places and in atmospheres to bring the glory there. Amen? God shows up where his people are. Or he'll show up where he tells you to be. Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to have the manifested glory of God. Go go with me for just a moment to the book of Micah. The book of Micah. And I'm almost done. Micah chapter 4. He's one of those ones you got to blow the dust off. Notice what he says. He's prophesying here. Micah chapter 4, verse 1. But it shall come about in the last days. Are we in the last days? Yes, we are. That the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest and chief of the mountains. It shall be above the hills, and peoples shall flow like a river to it. Verse 2, many nations shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us about his ways. You come to the house to learn about his ways. Amen? And that we may walk in his paths. 
For the law shall go forward from Zion, or the, Zion is another name for church, the church as well, also Jerusalem. And the word of the Lord, the revelation about him and his truth from Jerusalem. And he will judge between many peoples and render decisions for strong and distant nations. And they shall hammer their, uh, their spears into prune hooks. Who glory to God. So that the implements of war may become tools of agriculture. They turn something that kills into something that harvests. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, nor shall they ever again uh, for war. Each of them shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree with no one to make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. And I'm going to finish with this. I didn't even get to where I wanted to go today, and that's, um, but anyway, maybe next week. Um, When I was in India, I went to a part of India called Nagaland. Now, Nagaland, they say, is about 90% Christian in the midst of a Hindu nation. Okay? But here's the thing. You know, that talked about the mountain of the Lord. Every village in Nagaland, because they were tribal people, right? They were actually headhunters many, many centuries ago. And, uh, but the head, the highest point, and, and, in, in Nagaland, it's, it's a lot of hills because they're right by the, the, hint, the, uh, the mountains. And uh, so houses can be like three or four or five stories. There's no restriction as to how you can build your house once you've got your land. Right. But a lot of houses are like three or four or five stories tall because of the hills. Right. But here's the thing. The top of every village in Nagaland, the highest point is a church. Christians would occupy the highest point of every village in that area. You could tell, like, there'd be a mountain over here, church there. A mountain over here, church there. A mountain over here, church there. Church occupied, a Christian place occupied the highest point of every village in that area. I saw it. I was there. Amen? And God is bringing us up higher. And we are creating atmospheres. We have a place where we can create an atmosphere. Not only, but we can take the atmosphere of heaven here. You can take the atmosphere of heaven home. Right? You've got to create an atmosphere of heaven in your home. All right? It's, it's important. Create, we're creating an atmosphere of heaven in our schools. Northside and Forge. They're having it. Why? Kids are learning about Jesus and they're going back into that school. And they're making a difference because kids invite kids. Amen? Kids are, are coming, they're getting saved in that program. Hallelujah. That is the best way to change an atmosphere of a personal life is to get saved. Amen? We can't allow the atmospheres of enemies to permeate. We have to stand against them. We have to do something different. We have to resist them in the faith. Amen? Hallelujah. It is up to us. You want to change the atmosphere of the home? Go ahead, change it. Invite the principles of God. Invite the power of God. Invite the person of God into the atmosphere and watch what changes. We can change the atmosphere. Because God works in atmospheres. Where the, the Lord is that spirit. 
And where the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. And we get to watch the glory with an unveiled face. Amen. We get to see the works of God. We get to see the manifestation of God. We get to experience the glory of God. Amen. Are you ready to make some changes today? Maybe you need to change the atmosphere of your own heart. Maybe you have been in a position of resisting what God wants to do. Now you need to become open to what God wants to do. You know, the ground has to accept the seed in order for a harvest to come. If the ground resists the seed, there will be no harvest. And we are the ground. And we have to open our hearts to receive the incorruptible seed of God. Maybe you're prone to hating. Well, you, you need to invite love into your heart. Maybe you have been discouraged. Maybe you walked in here today discouraged. Well, you can invite and you can be encouraged today. Amen. Maybe you walked in here today down. Well, you're going to leave up. Amen. Changes in atmospheres can occur just like that. Amen. You could speak one word of God and poof, the atmosphere will change. Hallelujah. The atmosphere for Peter when he was in the boat changed because Jesus said, come. One word from God caused him to step out of the atmosphere that he was in and get into a new atmosphere and walk on water. And there he was. Did Jesus say, come, Peter? He said, come. That applied to everybody in the boat. Amen? But how come out of everybody in the boat, only one stepped out? Only one was willing to walk on water. Why don't you be the one today? Why don't you step out and just open yourself up for all that God wants you to be, all that God wants you to have, and all that God wants you to do? Amen? Today we're taking the limits off. But, see, the stepping out part is our faith. Jesus did the calling. Jesus did the inviting. But Peter had to step out. You notice Jesus didn't, didn't go to the boat and bring him out. If God's word isn't sufficient enough, then nothing else he says is going to matter. He's not going to make you obey, but he'll give you the opportunity to obey. So if you want to change an atmosphere in your life, in your home, wherever you are, in your business, amen, then let's make a change today. Amen? And whatever change needs to occur, we're not going to ask you what, what changes need to be made. You know what they are. But I'm just going to pray for you because there's an anointing and a power to bring about change. Amen? If there's, if there's an atmosphere in your life or in your home or in your business or wherever you are that just needs to change, you know, we're not going to know what the changes are, but we just know that something needs to change. I want you to come up right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to step out of that boat and come to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks and praise and glory, Father, for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for moving on our hearts, moving on our minds in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That means everyone who's coming up here means you are serious about change. You're not going to leave the same today. You're going to be different. Amen.